Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Midwest Magic. I am your host, Chris Kulo. Joining uh, joining me, as always, uh, your other host, Kyle Lewis. Kyle, how are you doing? Good, Chris. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Um, you know, I'm less than 100 miles away from the RNC right now. So, uh, you know, kind of crossing my fingers. Right. I mean, that's that's enough miles, probably. Yeah, uh, less than 100 is like, I'm like, I think three like it like in the 35 to 50 range so you're all the way in like akron i don't think half these people even know where akron is <laughs> i think that... they think of a lebron james hey. poster points to akron and he's pointing two different ways yeah hey well you know what uh if lebron james is from akron and hey rubber city so i don't know that's on you if you, if you don't know where that city is yeah i suppose so that's that's all i'm saying <laughs> but uh, uh, you are uh, hitting us up from a Missouri. I'm in I'm in beautiful Sullivan, Missouri. Yeah, taking taking the smart approach to to the RNC. Yeah, getting literally where no one is, <laughs> just just avoiding all people, full stop. Literally just the sun. Just the sun. It is it is over 100 degrees here. I have turned oh. off my air conditioning because it is not conducive to podcasting. So if I melt into a cloud or just like a, a puddle, if I melt if I melt into a, a gender swapped slimer, then you will know why. <laughs> well, we all we I know I appreciate your sacrifice for your art, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Oh, I'm sure. And so um I'll be sure to tell your tell your tale if you become one with your laptop. You melt <laughs> you meld with it. Ha! <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, you're so clever. I, right? I'm trying to think of a Brazella nickname to give the Kyle laptop. Collabtop. 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 I like it. Can't cast TCP IP commands. There we go, because it's covered by your chin. Yeah, covered in goop. Covered in chin goop. Covered all that goop. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's all well and good. Um, so we are Midwest Magic. So for those of you uh, wondering where this is a podcast with uh, mag- with Magic the Gathering in mind, uh, we take a look at uh, kind of what's been going on in the Midwest in terms of magic and kind of our, our little Midwest uh, magic perspective. So um, for this week, guess what? Guess what this weekend is? What is it, Chris Kay? Oh, it is the... Release weekend of Eldritch Moon, the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh my, how exciting! I know what a what a time. Oh, what a time! <laughs> what a time to be alive. So uh, we are actually in a pretty unique position here in uh, Ohio. Um, we get the kind of uh, we, we get the the maiden voyage uh, in Columbus this week with the open. We do. We're very, very privileged. <laughs> wow, so privileged. <laughs> it's very lucky, very fortunate. Indeed. We, have to, we have to pre-order all of our cards from Star City Games. Take <laughs> <laughs> them off right at the booth. Get all your cards. <laughs> Come on, you can't play the tournament without them. <laughs> Five dollars for a bad rare. Pick them up right at the booth. Get you right into that top eight. <laughs> so... Uh, so we get that distinct honor of paying too much for standard rares, junk rares that will be nickels on the dollar come, uh, you know, come a month later. Absolutely. But we get the distinct privilege of having to shell out cash for them to play, to play for the first weekend. Um, but it is still exciting regardless <laughs> of that. Yes. Uh, and, and, and we do get to play. So 
Um, and Eldritch Moon, it, it's, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know, it's an exciting set uh, for me. Um, it looks uh, it looks pretty cool. They, it looks like they cranked the power level up uh, a little bit on this set from uh, kind of Shadows and, uh, well, I guess not really Oath, but like Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, there's some good cards for sure. It was kind of weird. Like, at first, I like looked at the spoiler when the full spoiler came out, and I didn't really... Like, there really weren't any cards that, like, jumped out at me for standard. But then, like, basically, I can't go on the internet without everybody telling me, like, what a good set this is and how many powerful (laughs) cards there are. And now I'm in a point where I, like, sort of believe them. Like, there's definitely some jams, for sure. Um, But, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. It's kind of like, uh, I was, you know, given kind of the, the, the head tilt... And like you know, kind of squinting my eyes, like eh, really, like that one. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, brewers and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people who have a, a much uh, a much more incentive to like brew with cards are saying that a lot of these are good. Um, so what? Uh, with that being said, like, how do you think? How do you think standard is going to be shaken up with this? Uh, what are your predictions for this week one? Um, I have a tough time imagining that people are going to be able to brew something week one that is going to beat, like, be a lot better than doing, like, Bant tokens, or just doing, like, green-white, or, excuse me, Bant company, or just, like, doing green-white tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I wrote an article this week about Black Red Madness, which actually, okay. it got a lot better. Like, there are definitely, like... The cards for that were in uh, Shadows for uh, Madness were like kind of weak compared to this set. There's a lot of hits in this set for Madness enablers. Yeah, yeah. What what's one that stands out to you? Uh, Blood Hall Priest is like a big one for sure. Just as like a three drop four four Madness. One of the nice things is like your two drops get a lot better. Like in Shadows, your only two drops were Falcon Wrath, Aristic. No, what's the the Falcon Wrath that flips into a three two? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but I know uh, the three, it's a 2-1 for two, and then discard a card, flip it into a 3-2 flyer. Air of Falcon Wrath is what that's called. And then the other one was just, like, the bad Aquamoeba, and, like, that. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, it. But now you've got... My How the Mighty Have Fallen if Aquamoeba is just kind of pushed under the rug. Well, it's a very different world we live in, because when Aquamoeba was legal, it could could kill a 2-2 straight up. Um, <laughs> all right well yeah you got me <laughs> yeah so that was pretty great um there is now there's a guy who pumps all your vampires uh there's a vampire who attacks for like five power if you discard a card um there's i think there's even like another good two drop that i'm not remembering um there's just like a lot of like better vampire and there's like more vampire support especially with like the guy who gives all your vampires plus one plus one when you discard so there's like incentive to be playing that Mm -hmm. um yeah so you also get like they they included some cool combat tricks i really just feel like you have just such a wealth of discard outlets now that fiery temper is just going to be live as like a madness card which is where it's amazing like it's just like you know better bolt when it's at Mm. its best Mm mm-hmm um but still like i just don't know if that deck is gonna beat the bant company decks of the world like i just feel like what already exists is so powerful and that's probably what made me like sort of cool on the set to begin with 
Right. Because there's cards that are powerful in a vacuum, but you realistically, you have to be more powerful than like Collected Company or Anissa into Gideon if you want to make waves in Standard. That is true, and that that's a that's a tall order. Those are pretty good, pretty very good cards. They are. <laughs> um, I would love to see kind of uh, this aggressive black red deck kind of come together. So, um, it it asks a lot of you in a lot of ways. Um, just I know a lot of the red or the a lot of the one drops for the vampires deck are uh, red and. Um, like the the good two drop is you know double black, so I mean the mana kind of asks a lot of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it can come together. The in fact the mana situation is definitely an issue because like one of the sick madness cards is the guy uh, who madness is for black black black, and it's a three three flyer, and then you can sack three guys to flip it. Um, oh yes, yes. Let when me... that card's at its best, it's totally insane. Like you sack three guys and then you're left with, and then they have to sack three guys and you're left with something that's like pretty close to like, uh, I don't even remember what that, that giant who Armageddon from like apocalypse. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The name of this card is Voldaren Pariah. It's three, three black, black for a three, three flyer, uh, flying sacrifice three other creatures to transform it. And it has, you can madness it for triple black. And then when it flips, it's a 6-5 flyer. And then when it transforms, target opponent sacks three creatures. Like, when that effect happens, that's insane. Like, you shouldn't lose that game. Like Definitely. Um, and even if it's just like, okay, it's turn three, I'm discarding a card, and it's, oh, I get to play a 3-3 flyer. Already pretty insane. Yeah, already already good. good. Already yeah. good. You're getting an effect for the discarded card and a 3-3 flyer to boot. So uh, that that's pretty... It's pretty ahead of the curve. Flying's so good right now, and I expect flying to continue to be good, just because like green white tokens and Bant Company, their biggest weakness is flying, and this deck opens up things like Olivia Mobilized for War, um, and then Voldar and Pariah, and then of course your two drop, uh, who flips into the three two. That card's pretty good against them. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean that's an option. Yeah, I'm 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 certainly hyped on the on the black red vampires, and I know a, a couple of uh, a couple of my buddies really want to see that deck kind of come together. Uh, you had mentioned that flying uh, kind of plays a big role in getting over um, green white tokens and Ban company. You know, they're they're kind of they're kind of filled with ground pounders in a lot of ways. Um, so one of the decks that's been getting a lot of buzz has been the blue white spirits deck. Okay. A lot, you know, there, there's a lot of interest around this archetype. Um, there's a lot of interest around this archetype because it, it, it well, for for one, it got Spell Queller. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, just uh, that that and that alone is enough to pique people's interest. And um, Rattle changes a hell of a card on its yep. own in its own right. So uh, the deck was already kind of. Kind of like I don't even want to say kind of there, uh, but uh, Sato right played a blue red flyers list to a top twenty finish at a at a GP somewhere. That. <laughs> yeah, that that did happen. So like the deck, uh, like the deck is known in some capacity already, um, and it, it just kind of asks, is asking the question like, can these spirit synergies uh, really kind of take it take it to the 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 next level? Right. 
Uh, what uh, are are you feeling? How how are you feeling on the on the spirits? Do you, uh, I mean, at least for week one, do you think we'll kind of see a build that uh, might be able to get there, or uh, maybe just the flying? Like even if the numbers are off, maybe just small flyers are enough to kind of beat down Gideon and Nissa. If the curve works, like I haven't really looked at like what your curve would look like for that deck, but if the curve works, then I could totally see it happening. And like it's a great week one deck because like linear aggro decks really lend themselves to week one because there's like there's refinement certainly like how many spells do you play how many lands do you play but like the big picture of the deck is probably not going to evolve very much so that's really the Mm -hmm. kind of deck that you really are looking for week one is the sort of thing that's like pretty close to as optimal as you're going to get and yeah i mean you're going to match up pretty well against Band Company and Green White Tokens if you're doing nothing but playing Flyers, and you have a way to not die. Because, I mean, the problem is, like, <laughs> if you just are dying to Sylvan Advocates all tournament, you're going to have a bad time. Um, but, yeah, if you have a way to deal with their ground pressure and just, you know, kill them with Flyers, Flyers are definitely amazing at pressuring Planeswalkers. It could just be a good way to go this weekend. Definitely. I I like that. I, I like I like the idea that that deck can be a real thing. Uh, it's exciting to me. Uh, just kind of a blue-white tempo, you know, flash-oriented decks. Uh, it would be cool. It would be cool to see in standard. Yeah. The card that's getting the most hype is that uh, Elder Deep Fiend. And, like, that card is powerful, for sure. Oh, 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 yeah. The uh, the emerge, emerges... emerge misbind click? Yeah, that's generous, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> You emerge, you tap some guys. That card, yeah. really, I don't expect to see it put up a huge showing at Star City. Maybe I'm super wrong. Maybe it's just that good. But that card is really, like, sort of demanding a whole shell to be built around it. And I right. really don't know what that would look like. Yeah, this emerge deck, like, if it's there, it would be really sweet. The Elder Deep Fiend is, uh, it's eight mana, uh, eight generic mana. It's an Eldrazi Octopus, which, very nice. Yeah. Uh has has flash, which is awesome. Its emerge cost is five blue blue, and then uh when you cast Elder Deep Fiend, tap up to four target permanents, it's a five six. Right. So what you really want to be doing with this is you want to play an expendable three drop on three, and then you want to flash this in on four and tap their crap during their upkeep. Tap their yeah. lands or at their end step tap stuff, you know? Yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of play to the Elder Deep Fiend, um, and, you know, I, I I say it's the Emerge Mistbind click kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also, like, there's a lot of, uh, kind of a lot of the same timing elements that uh, that can be played with with this card. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for instance, I mean, with Mistbind click, uh, a lot of thing, a lot of the kind of, um, a lot of the play patterns players kind of fell into uh, which is, you know, no fault to them, uh, you know, casting your spells in your second main. So you let the player, you know, go through their upkeep, go through their main phase, and then they go to their attack phase, and you flash in the misbind click, ambush a creature, kill them, and tap them out. So uh, it really allowed for some uh, pretty brutal lines of play if you were able to um, kind of play your opponent a little bit, but at the same time, uh, also just knowing... Uh, knowing when you can get more value out of it. So I think Elder Deep Fiend has that play potential that uh, can make it a uh, a seriously good card. Yeah, if your opponent plays into it, um, it's definitely going to be super, super good. And I mean, week one, you have to expect some people are going to play into it. 
Um, the miss button click thing is a really good example because it's like a heuristic, you know, it's better to play during your second main phase. But when miss button clicks in the environment, it's not. It's really not. Um, <laughs> So well, <laughs> it's, it takes time to learn that because it basically right. forces you to break what you've learned are good habits. Yeah, it, it goes against kind of, yeah, like you said, your 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 good habits. <laughs> you want to break those. Uh, the, the card that everyone kind of wants to keep pairing with these Emerge cards is Matter Reshaper. Yeah, that's a good one. That's kind of the, the go-to. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of excitement surrounding uh, surrounding that card plus Emerge. Yeah, well, we still have access to pain lands, which, as we know, are the new tri lands. So a card's very castable and very powerful, and like you're gonna end up in situations where it's like you don't want to play that many emerge cards because like they don't do well in definitely have diminishing returns. The second emerge card sure. is not nearly as good as the first, um, but it's easy to imagine a shell where it's like, well, I'm already playing colorless mana, so I'll put this elder deep fiend in my deck. And then maybe I'll include with that like an Eldrazi Sky Spawner because that's also like a good expendable three drop. Yep. And like, how about sure Thought Not Seer and Reality Smasher, and then you, that's basically a deck right there. Yeah, there, there you go. Deck build. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> Bring it to your Pro Tour. Cut me a check. Right. Uh, so uh, emerge is exciting. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool possibilities uh, with that mechanic, and and maybe who knows? Maybe it'll maybe it'll get there. I'd like to see it. Um, so, and then the, the the big question mark in my mind is Emrakul. Is he going to find a deck week one? Probably. I mean, people are definitely going to try. It's like a people talk about, like, you know, what are cards where you see them in the spoiler and they're powerful enough just on their face to build a deck around in and of themselves. Emrakul is a card that fits the bill. So I think people are going to try. Like, it's not that hard. You're probably looking for, like, something green Delirium-based. Um, so, I mean, you don't have like too far to go. There's actually a lot of cards that pay you off pretty well for Delirium now between both sets. Mm -hmm. So that's the short sort of like shell I expect. Plugging him just into like a generic ramp shell is also an option. I guess in decks like that, it's going to be a question of if that's actually better than an Ulamog. Um, so I don't know. I expect people to try for sure. And I expect Emrakul to find a place in standard. I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't. Yeah, definitely. I I I think uh, one of the, the the point that you brought up about you know if Ulamog is just kind of the better thing to do, yeah, it'd be disappointing. But uh, maybe you know, like you said, Ulamog belongs in a more dedicated ramp deck, and maybe Emrakul will find a place in his own place in maybe a control delirium kind of centric list of some sort. Yeah, very well could play out that way. Um, I think that would be pretty cool in my humble opinion uh he is the promised end so i mean gotta keep your promises kid um emrakul's preferred pronoun is she chris k in case you haven't been on social media uh oh emrakul's, oh, oh goodness uh, emrakul's a lady elder god oh jeez. transdimensional well, monster thing shit i guess i should have noticed your fucking privilege tentacles. yeah i guess you should yeah. check your fucking privilege chris k Jeez, well, <laughs> I, I sure learned my life. Well, she, uh, we better keep her promises. Yeah, because it's a promise then. Yeah, earn the explicit tag for this one. I don't know if we, maybe I'll loot those out. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> uh, so we we kind of covered maybe uh, our predictions. Are we going to listen to our near predictions? What do you uh, what do you what are you going to play this weekend at the open? I am going to play 
mono provided i go i've been doing a lot of traveling um but provided i go this weekend i am going to play mono white humans and i'm not going to change a single card yeah just run it the only card that i've even like considered is that it who rides is one thing you know okay yeah i'm listening there's not that many good two drops there's not that many two drops in the deck period and i don't think it's better than the two drops i'm already playing and i don't want to play a one one for two mana so that's it i'm just not going to change any cards i expect to play against the same sort of stuff and i think like there's if they printed like new good one drops then maybe i would do something different but they didn't so i'm not going to i just think that like i don't know uh caleb searcher wrote something really good in his like storm about sideboarding with storm and legacy where it's like it's better to just not sideboard at all than it is to sideboard incorrectly and i sort of feel that way about like new cards like i don't want to just play new cards just for the sake of playing new cards like if i don't i don't have a reason you had fun once and you hated it yeah it was garbage um I just like I'm not going to put new cards in my deck just for the sake of it. And I don't think that any of these cards merit inclusion in this particular archetype. So I'm just not going to change anything. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, you were impressed enough with it uh, from your your spiking of the IQ that you uh, you want to run it back. I don't think it's the best deck, but I think that like week one, people are going to be doing dumb things like they're going to be trying to brew with like their Elder Deep Fiends and trying to play blue cards because that's like there's some support for that. They're going to be trying to do things that are different and i just want to like shove a bunch of one drops in their face sure yeah like this is how's this yeah <laughs> this is a this is a savannah lion right here's a here i, I have more just <laughs> attack, like to, attack for two yeah i just want to punish people for trying to be clever get out of here <laughs> yeah get out of here i'm trying to I'm trying to win right what are you doing take this take this away take this elder deep fiend away right elder deep fra, Gram, more Gram, like it yeah Gram. get out Gramfra. Grandpa. Yeah, gram- Grandpa with your calamari. Go home. <laughs> Go home, Grandpa Calamari. Um, I'm I'm kind of on the same boat as you, actually. I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to drum up, um, drum up my contacts to find if I can uh, borrow the uh, borrow the white weenie deck for the weekend as well. Um, I'm kind of on board with uh, with you, and I think a lot of people kind of have the same mentality. If, you know, week one, find the aggressive deck and just jam it. Tried and true strategy. Yeah, just uh, just be as aggressive as possible, and I don't know, like you said, punish people for trying to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> go go uh, go brew somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. This is this, this is my Savannah Lions playground. <laughs> so um, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, what if you were to pick one deck to win the tournament this weekend? What are you what are you calling right now? band company and i could see them playing or sideboarding some number of spell crawlers okay yeah i can see that i mean it is it does cost three mana it does and it's like it's just so good off a of collected company oh man it's like, you well, want to do anything okay well how about this <laughs> oh can you imagine i'm just i'm i'm daydreaming here so mirror match they go collected company and you're like my own collected company and then you hit spell queller and then they just drop and cry yeah you would drop from the event and that's it that would be the correct line <laughs> yeah, they right. they counter your company with a company spell queller that's it's correct to just check that drop box right swiftly drop yep. and 
just cry. Find a place to cry. Yeah. You don't even really need to find a place. You could probably just cry right there at the table, and everyone would understand. I think if everyone at the tournament was honest with themselves, I think that would be very appropriate. Yeah, definitely. There, there'd be the one guy, you know, one guy or girl that's like, "Oh, I'd, I'd never cry if my com- company got spell quellered off of a company." It's like, yeah, no, you would. Just be honest with yourself. Yeah, you're here playing a company deck. Nobody in this room is a stranger to crying. Can we just get that out of the way? Can we just <laughs> right. be like more compassionate humans and just sort of move on and just like get past this? Right. We're we're all playing children's card games here. We're all you know. We're all you know. There's variants. We're all prone to crying. So. Let's just take the high road, guys. Yeah. Let's just lead to a. Let's just we gotta we gotta be more compassionate to each other. You know. That's just yeah. how I feel. You know what? I think that's a. I think that's a great positive attitude. Wowee. Thanks. <laughs> We should definitely encourage it whenever your spells get countered by a spell queller. Yeah, just a good long cry. And like, <laughs> after a while, it stops being about the spell queller, right? Mm-hmm. Like after oh, a yeah. while, it starts to really get, uh, it really starts to sort of be all-encompassing in a way. Yeah, and yeah. You you unearth some feelings from that from that good from that good cry. You do, um, and so really, a spell queller as uh, what's the word? Spell queller as catharsis. Is really, I think, going to be like one of Wizards' crowning achievements with Eldritch Moon. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, I think for the next eighteen months, there's going to be a real breakthrough um, in terms of you know looking at match tournaments as therapy, and I think we're going to thank Spellqueller for that. You know, I couldn't agree more. Down down the road, when he, when he rotates, we'll we'll fully appreciate what he's done for this game, and you know, really for all of us. Cry for what we've lost. Single. Let's let's pour one out. Yeah. Or it's the last to freedom. <laughs> well, uh, so that's exciting. I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the first tournament and looking forward to seeing what people uh, come up with and show up with and uh, looking forward to the sick brews. So uh, I'm always looking forward to that. One of my favorite tournaments was always uh, States back when that was, you know, back when that was a real thing. Yeah, same. I mean, it's <laughs> always really fun to play in like a big... Uh, competitive event week one when nobody knows really what the metagame is it can be really exciting yeah. especially when you've got a, a sick brew that you're looking forward to showing showing your stuff with oh for sure uh states uh for the for a little history lesson states used to be like kind of the uh the the maiden voyage tournament uh you know back in the day <laughs> uh so uh yeah i remember showing up with a solar flare you know air quotes solar flare uh, brew when Innistrad, the first Innistrad dropped. Uh, so that was, that was. I remember cool. that. I actually showed up with my like Snapcaster tempo deck, which I remember showing to Ronson and Hollywood and being, and there, and then being just like totally poo pooing the deck. Like, this is no good. This is garbage. <laughs> and it was pretty close to like the deck that sort of took off after that. So I, that was definitely a good states for me. It's pretty close. <laughs> It's pretty close, you guys. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty not bad. Pretty spot pretty, on, really. Pretty very close, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, uh, very cool. Uh, so, uh, we'll have, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, what we saw in Columbus uh, all next week. Um, but for this week, uh, we're going to move on to our What's the Play segment. Yes. Uh, so you might have uh, heard this last week on our hopefully, podcast, and if hopefully not, if you, yeah, I was just gonna say if you if you didn't, don't worry, uh, <laughs> don't don't worry, don't bother. 
Um, you might be asking yourself, well, well, why are why are we doing it again? <laughs> if, we <have> these, <laughs> if we have these feelings. Uh, well, last week, uh, Kyle and I have been on a Mbimban kick. My brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, hard uh, and nice. definitely shout out to Mbimbam. Um, sh- shout out to the McElroys, you know. Um, so we've we've been on a kick. So we tried to, um, I guess, you know, imitate or whatever you want to say that with a magic twist to it. Uh, what they try and do in their podcast, which is give uh, not serious advice uh, to ridiculous internet questions. Yeah. Us. <laughs> uh, and they do it well and we don't. <laughs> so, uh, but we wanted to keep the segment because we actually thought uh, that we got some really good questions from some of our listeners. And uh, we we were thinking we actually had decent advice for uh, you know our listener last week. And uh, we have we have pretty good advice for him this week, too. I, you know, we, we still stand by that. Kyle and I have been going to tournaments for a long time and we uh we kind of know the you know the ins and outs of a lot of uh a lot of the uh the scene if you will yeah um, so we're gonna give sincere advice this week bowman story short if you want to listen to a podcast that like badly rips off from a bim bam john green and his brother do a podcast um which is actually that's the premise but no your podcast is fine guys john i love your books i hope you're listening <laughs> wow <laughs> it's funny though because they basically are a bad rip off of a bim bam that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, hey, you live where you learn. John Green well, is on like the the wall. He's a a YA writer, and he's on the wall of like every like like half of like you know probably have more walls than like Michael Jordan in the present yeah. day. Yeah, that's it's un- fine. It's unreal. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, nobody bets a thousand, and so is you know you can you can criticize his podcast and love his books. I still I like his podcast too, but it's it's a pretty shame of him. <laughs> But anyway, how about a question, Chris K? Sure, sure. So, uh, so this this week's question comes from our listener uh, Raymond. So Raymond asks, uh, understanding jargon and deck names is super hard. I don't have all day to research the top decks, nicknames, and magic humor, and I just want to play. However, sitting at a table in between rounds makes me feel like a fool. Quickest way to learn without diving too deep. Thanks. Um, so, Kyle. I, I, I empathize, right? Because, like, a lot of the jargon and, like, deck names, for one thing, if they're not just, like, super inbred, they're just, like, kind of dumb to begin with. Like, yeah. tricks and, like, subway fare. And there have just been so many bad, like, deck names over the years. Yeah. Um, my biggest advice, I guess, would just be just like, just, just chill. And like, people will speak to you in like plain English. Like if you don't know what the names of all the three color pairs are or whatever, you just sort of learn by osmosis, like over time. So I, I mean, number one, just don't really worry about it. And like, you'll pick it up. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's actually key here is I, I know. So I know, like, having that kind of outsider feel uh can it can give some anxiety but it's important just to remember like uh you know they're not gonna they're not gonna bite your hand off if you know you uh you don't know what jund you know jund uh walkers means you know or jund jund whatever uh, you know they'll um magic players are are happy to play about or talk about magic like <laughs> that's you know they're all sitting around doing that anyway you know we all love talking about magic so if we have to 
talk about it a little bit more to help you understand. Like that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, just, uh, I think learning through listening, uh, is, is helpful. And I mean, the more time you spend listening, the, you know, the better in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, deck names, deck names are tough. Like they've, they've tried to get better. Um, but like even just like the shard, like John Bant, uh, Grixis, like, I mean, to an outsider, that's meaningless. Right. And like, this wasn't always the case, for sure. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Alara came out. And before that, and then, you know, let alone before like cons, like none of these three color pairs had names. Before Ravnica, which was quite a while ago at this point, none of the two color pairs had names. But now that's just like what people call stuff. And like, on one point, it wasn't like way better back then because like America control or like Jor Doran junk like wasn't like any more intuitive than just like random random like weird sounding <laughs> names. Right now I'm I'm looking I mean I'm looking at this stuff at uh, a recent I'm just looking at a, a Star City event a recent one and I'll just read like Green Black mid range Naya Planeswalkers Abzan mid range Mar uh, Mardu Planeswalker like. First of all, okay, so it's actually G slash B. It's not even green black mid range. G slash B mid range. I mean, if you're just like li listening to that or like seeing that, like that. First of all, mid range means nothing to you, right? And so yeah, it, I can I can get you know I can get where Raymond's coming from here. Um, I guess you know one of the one of the best ways to kind of engage uh, in magic if you're kind of reaching out and you know sitting at a table. So I assume you're talking about at a card store or somewhere where you play magic um get a, grab a friend grab a friend to go along and um you know between the two of you you know there are going to be people who want to play games and just kind of shoot the shit with you yeah and people are pretty very willing to like tell you stuff i feel like magic players definitely have like a proclivity for like telling people stuff like wanting to teach people the things that they know because there's there's a lot of things to know. There's like so many. There's Let's like probably talk. more things you could know about magic than any one person could know. So I feel like information in this community definitely flows very freely, which is one of the really cool good things about magic. So if you want to know something, I, I definitely wouldn't be afraid to just like ask somebody like, hey, what does that mean? Or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so uh, just, just disclaimer, uh, kids don't smoke. But I, so I used to smoke. Um, and the smoker circle outside of magic stores, that was a great place for me to like, just kind of talk with people. And there were non-smokers out there hanging out with the people who did smoke, whatever. But like, uh, just after rounds, people are talking about their match and their deck. And like, if you just ask, Oh, what are you playing? What does that do? Like, there are a lot of people asking those questions. So like, you're not the only one. Yeah. Um, I remember answering a ton of questions from people who, Oh, what were you playing? What is your record? How, what did you play against? And like, and those kinds of things. And it's just, uh, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those, uh, it, it was one of those things. A lot of people just kind of feel more comfortable. Maybe, uh, maybe like standing outside, outside of a card store, you know, you're in a circle. It looks more welcoming or something. I don't know. You're drawn to that ritual, you know? Yes. <laughs> back to primitive man. You're just all out there. You know, 
<laughs> doing your peace pipe rituals and, and talking about magic. Uh, plus, you have a captive audience, which definitely can't hurt. So, like, if you feel like people, like, are just sort of drifting away from you as you try and, like, throw a thousand questions at them, like, these people are going to finish their cigarettes. So you're at least going to get a couple answers before they start walking away from you. Although I guess with the advent of e-cigs, like, somebody can pull down some sick cotton and then just walk away and then yeah, at any just, point. Nin- just ninja vanish. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah, you, you'll definitely have a, I like that. You'll have a captive audience. They'll be, uh, yeah, they'll 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 have to sit around. So very cool. Um, Kyle, do you have any? Uh, do you have anything else uh, for this one? Uh, nah, pretty much just talk to people. Just ask them, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, I have made uh, my best friendships through this game, and a lot of the times, those people started out as strangers. So. Right. You know, it's uh it is what it is. So get out there. So anyway, uh that's our what's to play for this week. Um if you want to feel free to send in any questions that you have. Um you can send those in uh to I'm glad you, know, I'm glad you remembered this cuz I was going to forget. Uh yeah. you can send them to the email address uh midwestmagicpodcast at gmail.com. There we go. That that's the one. Yeah. So with that, uh, we always here on Midwest Magic, we feel that uh, our community has an eclectic group of characters that it would be a shame if their stories went untold. So uh, we like to tell their stories. So for this week on Storytime, Kyle, do you have something for us? I do. I want to tell a story about, um, we talk about meeting friends through magic. uh, And one of the most interesting characters I've ever met through magic was when we met Mike at Origins. Um, Me and Chris (laughs) K were actually playing chess uh, at Origins. This was back when you could just rent like any board game from Origins. Uh, So we rented a a chess board. For those uh, Origins Game Fair uh columbus ohio yes um it's been going on for for many years put on by uh gamma yeah gamma, you got it <laughs> um so so we're playing chess i know like a little bit about chess like more than you do chris like not to be not to be rude but you've played chess like not very many times about five it's about five times lifetime so, lifetime right so i'm playing white chris is playing black i make a move chris makes a move um and then mike comes over and he's like you guys are playing chess at origins and it's like we are and chris k makes a move and he's like oh you're doing the sicilian and chris has no idea what he's doing so confirm zero absolute none and so from there we just start talking about magic uh it's like lorwyn standard and Mike's talking about how there's only three decks in the format, doesn't know what he's going to play, has all three decks in his backpack, proceeds to win the PTQ the next day um, with John Durant. Or no. The Swans. Swans, right. Swans, Swans, Swans of Bryn Argyll. Bye round. Um, yeah. <laughs> there were some killer stories from that day. Uh, there was uh, playing against his John Durant opponent in the semifinals. Mike, uh, his his opponent says high roll and rolls a dice, gets a six. Mike scoops it up right away and is like, hold on, I want to roll two dice. And his opponent's like, why, man? It's 
it's just as random. Like, I don't see the point in rolling two dice. And he's like, I just always do two dice. I want to roll two dice. And so they call a judge <laughs> over and it's like, well, I, do you have any opposition to rolling two dice? So they do roll two dice. Mike wins the roll, goes on the play, proceeds to win the match. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> the story I want to tell about Mike, because we proceeded to hang out pretty much every year at Origins after that. Um, and one year he was staying in the, the hotel next to Origins and we're in an elevator. Um, and he's like just looking around in the elevator. And one of the things Mike likes to do is just sort of troll people in his immediate surroundings. So he looks up and he's like playing with the ceiling tiles just like on the top of the elevator. And there's a bunch of people in the elevator with us who are clearly looking like pretty uncomfortable. And he looks over at me. He's like, I don't know, at least like six and a half feet tall. I reckon. Very tall. I'm like five, four ish, five, five, maybe. So he looks down at me and he's like, what do you think would happen if I just pull on one of those wires? And I'm like, nothing good. (laughs) Somebody next to us is just like, please don't like some dude, you know, (laughs) peanut gallery. And Mike looks over him stone face. He's like, what's the matter? Are you afraid to die? <laughs> I can't wait to die. It's the best thing that's going to happen to you. I mean, you're just like energy. So what could be better than just like a boundless release of energy? It was the longest elevator ride of these people's lives. They probably had like a fight club moment as they walked onto the, the floor of their, their hotel. Um, so that's, that's my Mike story. Oh, man. Oh, that's, that's always a favorite of mine. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you for thank you for that walk down memory lane, and thank you for the story time on that one. That was that's uh, great. So uh, for uh, Midwest Magic, I think that uh, wraps this episode up. And uh, uh, Kyle, where can they find you? Uh, you can still find me on Twitter at at subfaust, or occasionally on Twitch uh, at our you know Twitch channel uh, subfaust as well. Twitter has not driven me over the edge yet. Uh, could happen at any time. <laughs> no promises that you'll be there in a week. No, absolutely not. Chris K, you know, I am I am kind of an uh, aesthetic. Uh, by not not participating in Facebook is basically uh, my modern sort of monk practice. So, Definitely. I mean, Twitter's in the clear right now, but let's just say it's on the chopping block. Okay, yeah, no, I can respect that. I mean, you gotta, what, keep your chi or something, question mark? Um, Sure. Yeah, we'll any go with, excuse will work. We'll go with that. Any excuse to get rid of social media, to get off the grid. Exactly. Uh, so that's where you can find Kyle. You, you can find myself uh, on Twitter as well. I am at Tilted Musings. You can also find me on Twitch, uh, tilt at Tilted underscore Musings. Gotta hate that underscore. Yep. And you can email us questions. Please email us your questions that you have that you may have. Uh, about just kind of general uh, general magic, honestly, uh, to uh, midwestmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so, I want to get in the uh, habit of doing this. Thank you to the band Green Jeans for the use of our theme song. Uh, weirdos, you... Oh, shit, I hope I don't screw this up. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Weirdos, weirdos Dumb and in Love. Yes. <laughs> Off their album, Cave Stories? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna fix this in post. Um, go listen to Green. Just Google Green Jeans. There, you can you'll find them right away. They're on Bandcamp. They're super good. Yeah, you'll go, love it. They're doing tour. They're touring Columbus. I saw this on their Facebook page. Just yeah. go like just go go listen to them in Columbus if you're in Columbus. If not, go on their Bandcamp and listen to their good music. 
Yeah, you'll love it. You'll love them. You'll love them. You'll love green jeans. You'll go out and you'll buy your own green jeans. They're not affiliated, but you'll you'll be so, you know, just happy about green jeans. Jazzed. You'll be real jazzed. You'll have your jazz jeans now for all your jazz shows. They're, they're not jazz music. Disclaimer. Right. There is a spoiler alert. They're not jazz, but you'll have jazz jeans. With that, yep. we, we are Midwest Magic, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you again next week. Take care.